almost 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I want to talk about some topics, mainly, well, people have asked me this question. Let's talk about Aphrodite, the woman. You're a 17-year breast cancer survivor. Congratulations, right? You made it. You are a survivor of life. Congratulations. You know why I'm clapping? How many people would have survived all of the things that you survived? You went through so much in your lifetime. You went through depression. You almost tried to kill yourself. So suicide is up there, right? Loneliness. Death. Death with me. I've, I've experienced it in family, family friends, people I had gone to school with, pets, and I have my fair share. And one person had said to me a long time ago on LinkedIn, but you're so resilient. Everything that's going on right now, this whole crisis that we're dealing with, you seem to, to stand tall and proud, but I'm not gonna fall down. Why should I? Ask yourself this question. If you could go back to any time in your life, what, what time would that be? If you could be any age, because there's one age, maybe two ages, I want to do over. I don't have a recollection of them. 35 and 36. Why? Because 35, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And 36, it took at least a year, a full year, until I fully recovered. 36. Now, there was, and I got into this with my colleague at work. I had said to him from a long time ago, I had a premonition. I actually predicted when my father was going to die. And he's like, what do you mean? <sighs> two years before, two years before, I predicted that my father was not going to be around to make it to senior citizen. He would die at a very young age. But in the dream, the dream was always the same. We go to the funeral home to pay our respects. And the way my father looked, you wouldn't know if he was sick or not because they didn't tell me what the cause of death was. He just passed away. And everybody was wearing black. My mom, my mom, I was worried about her because in my dream, now this was a dream now, but again, this was a deep premonition. She couldn't get over the fact that she lost her loved one. She couldn't get over it. And it really happened that when he passed away two years later from lung cancer, she almost tried to take her own life. She almost tried to, to just stop living. She didn't want to be around. She didn't want to enjoy life. She was guilty of even having a life without my father. I said, but dad would want you to go on, would want you to do the things that you love doing. Why are you stopping to live? Continue to live, continue to be strong, continue to do the things you did before. Why is that so difficult? So we got into it. I said I had premonitions. And part of me, I still have premonitions. The problem is some of the premonitions that I have, though, are bad. And I don't want to, and I know them about certain people. But I don't want to tell anybody what I have in terms of a premonition because I don't think it's my place to say anything. Why would I want to disrupt someone's life? Then what happens if it actually did happen? They would come back to me and say, she said this was going to happen to you. She predicted it. Now, let's go back to the number. So 36, I recovered from breast cancer. 63 was when my father passed away. Let's reverse the numbers. 
36, 63. Isn't that a coincidence? Too many coincidences in my life. And I ask myself, what is going on here? When I think about all the things that have happened in my lifetime, of all the situations that I've gotten myself into, of every life or death experience that almost happened to me, that I managed to fool death, I managed to cheat death six times. And one person said to me, you must be immortal. Well, if I was immortal, then I would never die, and that would be impossible, right? That would be kind of crazy, don't you think? Now, you look at all the science. Science tells us that people are going to live a lot longer. Uh, there are a lot of things to back that up, a lot of proof theories to back that up. The one thing I want to ask you is this, though. Again, if you can go back to your life, if you can go back to a, a period of your life that you want to do over again, where would you want to go? What age would you want? Now, for me, it's 36, as I don't remember that time. 35 I do, but it was very briefly because I went through chemotherapy and I went through a lot of treatment and I was going through pain. The pain. Pain is, and me just don't mix. But I will take it with a grain of salt. I was resilient enough to get through it. I always appease to people who are going through an illness right now. You can get through it. You can't tell me that, oh, I can't, it's too much for me, I can't take the pain. Uh, no, you can't. You have to with a grain of salt, have to understand this now. You have to understand that life, no matter how bad it is, no matter how painful it is, you have to be strong and you have to get through it. Because if you don't, you know what's gonna happen? You know what's gonna happen? All these negative thoughts are gonna pop into your head and you know what? You are going to just give up. Why would you give up? You asked yourself this question. Why? 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 I went through so much pain in my lifetime, and I thought to myself, I'm not going to go through it again. I can't imagine a world when, when you're so deeply in love with someone, let's say. How many times have I gotten close to someone? How many times have I gotten so close to someone that I've lost them? I've lost them through death, through an illness, through an accident. And I thought to myself, am I a bad luck charm? Am I a jinx? Now I'll admit to you, I am a black sheep of the family and there's nothing wrong with being called the black sheep. Because you're the one who's unique, you stand out, you're an individual, you speak your mind. My father always said this to me and I'm gonna reiterate to all of you out there. When you get backed up in a corner, when someone says something bad about you, you have every right to defend yourself, your honor, your name, your character. You have every right to do that. Don't let someone pull you apart, take you apart, really take you apart piece by piece. They have no right to do that. You have every right to stand up for yourself. If you see something, if you want to say something, speak up. Speak up. Use your voice. Don't shut your voice down. Don't be quiet. Speak up. Because nowadays, people don't know how to defend themselves. Well, I don't want anyone to come to my rescue. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet, look at you straight in the eye, say, do you have proof? Because a lot of people think they know you. I have a story to tell about Aphrodite. What kind of a story? It might be fabricated. Did you ever stop to think that you're hurting me? You're hurting me when you tell stories about me? You want to know something about me, why don't you ask me and get to know me? 
Don't assume that you know something about someone because that hurts. Do you know how hurtful that is? That's very, very hurtful. And I'm gonna tell you, all of you, you have every right to defend your good character. You have every right to defend your honor. You have every right. And if someone tells you, no, you don't, don't listen to them. There's a small percentage of people that want to do harm to the people who've done good in this world. You should be proud of your accomplishments, your dreams, your goals. Yeah, you've made mistakes. That's a part of being a human. Again, you want perfection? Go live in utopia. Because utopia is the only area that I know of that has perfect people. Perfect people. No such thing as perfection. I've actually went to school with someone who thought, oh, she was perfect in everything. She never got bad grades. She never had anything bad happen to her. In other words, she was living in a fantasy world. I said, this is real life. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to go out there and, and fall. You are going to do that many times. Even the most seasoned professionals make mistakes. The seasoned professionals make mistakes. And it's okay. At work, you want to be as professional as possible, right? But you are going to make a mistake. You know what I found out? And I told him about this now. My colleague. I told him. I said, look, everybody has their own way of doing things, right? Everybody has their own way of how to deal with people, whether through email, conversation, whatnot, right? For me, when I deal with international, I'm polite. When I'm requesting information, I'm polite. I've actually seen how people respond or actually send an email to someone overseas. Hello, that's what that say. Hello, I say dear, dear so-and-so. We are requesting this information on behalf of our broker because it is required for customs purposes. Can you please, or please provide us with this documentation going forward because again, this is needed for customs purposes. That way we won't have to ask a million times, do you have this documentation, do you have this documentation? But I've seen how people respond to emails. One word sentence is not gonna get you anywhere. And I've known, and I've done this a long time now. You're supposed to be polite with people. If you ever go in person, if you ever travel around the world and you meet people, meet suppliers and vendors for the first time, how do you break bread with them? You're polite. You gotta know how to be polite in their country. They may have customs or traditions that you don't know about. Let's, let's see what that is and we will, we, will, we will break bread with that person. We will develop a supplier, vendor, customer relationship. I'm always one to ask a lot of questions, but at the same time, I like to do my research. Do I found things? I've always liked to do research. I'm a research person, whether it's on the job or personal. I'm always trying to find new, new suggestions, new ideas, new ways of doing things. And I actually brought it up to my manager yesterday. Um, and he's like, you got a good point. And then I actually found information about something that he had no idea on, on one of the products. He goes, what is this? Wikipedia. Look at Wikipedia. You could type in anything. It's like an online library, a library that we never had growing up because we had to physically go to the library to take out a book, to do a report. Here it's online, it's there for you. That's your source, your go-to for information. Technology has changed. Let's talk about technology. Now, I'm still kind of old school in the sense that yes, technology is good, but too much of it is not good. We're always advancing, we're always going ahead, we're always doing things that, you know, 
are far-reaching. A lot of people say, oh, we've got the, the cars that, that are driving themselves. I'll be honest with you, I really don't like that because they still need to be tweaked. There's too many issues with cars that, are, that don't have, quote, that capability yet. And if they do, how many people are going to go out and buy a car that drives itself? I want to be able to be in control, you know? Um, and then there's computers. Well, everybody relies on computers. The first computers actually came out in the 70s. In the early 70s. I've seen commercials for the computers like the IBMs, the Apple, the Macs, all the different computer brands. Hewlett Packard, Packard Bell. I actually had a Packard Bell, believe it or not, in the 90s. I had a Packard Bell. You know, the old-fashioned computer, not the laptops that you see now with the flat screens. No, it was a physical desktop computer. And it did what it did for its time. But then you had to do the whole dial-up thing. Getting on the internet wasn't simple anymore. Now it's simple because it's wireless. Think about all the things you had, you have now that you didn't have when you were starting out. In school, and I actually talked about it to him, in school we weren't allowed to use calculators because that was a form of cheating. Now you can use a calculator because it's a, it's a type of aid that will help you. If you're, if you're like me, I don't like math. I don't like word problems, fractions, decimals, the metric system. I don't like that at all. The only math I like is algebra, letters and numbers. I don't even like geometry, trigonometry, calculus. I don't like any of that stuff. So I'm not really a big math person. Then you think about, like, so when we went to school back in the day, it was different. The first time I've ever used a computer was in my college years, but I used to learn the basic, basic COBOL, Pascal, all the different programming languages where you had to actually type in a command for the computer to do. Now you don't have to do that anymore. Okay, they say computers are smarter than people. Maybe, yes or no. You know, phones, everybody also had the landline phone. I remember growing up with a rotary phone. And now, now the millennials are like, what's a rotary phone? It's a phone, but you had to physically put your hand and dial the numbers. And then it went from that to touch tone. And then from touch tone, cordless. And then the cordless and then the answering machine, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't have now. Nobody has a landline phone anymore. Now everybody uses their cell phone. That's the main phone. I had a landline. And I was always trying to convince my mother at the time, you don't need to have this type of phone. We'll get you a cell phone. But I don't think she would have known how to use it. I think that she would have had a little difficulty. I said, Mom, it's as simple. It's just like using a regular phone. It's the same. The keypad is the same. Everything is the same except, it's, you know, it's just a little different. But for her, it's like I got to keep my, my answering machine and my, my landline phone. And we, of course, we had the cordless phone for her. There were times that when she would go outside in the back, and she wouldn't bring her phone with her. I said, what happens if you get locked out? By the way, she did get locked out. She got locked out, and we were trying to figure out what happened. I was trying to call her, and, like, and my sister called me. She goes, were you able to get in touch with Mom? No, why? She goes, I'm trying to call and call and call. She's not answering. Maybe she's outside. And then we found out. This is what we found out. My mother did get herself locked out. She was in the front. Big gust of wind came, blew the door, locked it. It wasn't on the unlock, right? So she had to walk around to go back towards the driveway down by the garage. She, was, she didn't know what to do. She couldn't get into the house. And at the time, we didn't have, quote, a, a garage opener. So you couldn't really punch in a code to get in. We had the regular, like, let's open up the garage type of thing, which we actually changed that for her because it was getting too much for the both of us. So the thing that um, really got to me, though, 
It's like, because again, my, my sister said, we got you a cordless phone just for that reason. That if you would have had the cordless phone, you would have called one of us, we would have come. But she didn't. So I came home from work one day and I tell you, my mother was very comical. She sat on the back, There's, we have this like little wall, this where she sat back on there reading some like mail that we'd gotten, magazine and this and that, nonchalantly. And I told her, like, mom, she goes, I got myself locked out. And I was like, wow. And you were out here all this time? Now the neighbor at the time, the former neighbor that lived before, he offered her. He says, I'm gonna leave my garage open if you wanna to go to the bathroom, if you wanna do this. But my mom was the type that didn't wanna to go to someone else's house. I kind of feel uncomfortable too doing that. That's just me. So she sat there and she waited. And I was like, oh my God, mom. <laughs> it was so cute. My mother was comical in a sense. But the situations that she would get herself into, she was the type of woman that wouldn't let anyone or anything get to her. You know where she got that from? Her husband, my father. That's why I say to all of you, if you have a backbone, use it. Don't be spineless. Don't have somebody attack your good name and put you down and make you feel this small. You have every right to defend yourself. And if they don't want to hear it, too bad. You will defend your honor, you will defend your character. If you don't, you're letting someone take over you. You want someone, you want to be someone's puppet because that's what's gonna happen if you let someone walk all over you. You're gonna be their puppet. They're gonna have the strings to, to, to maneuver you, to make you do what they want you to do, not what you wanna do. Today's society is too, run by too much, there's too much authority, too much authority. We gotta police everybody. I always think that this country sometimes is backwards. Why? Look at all the countries ahead of us that have advanced. And look at look where we are now in the list. We're down at the bottom. That's why I say to myself, I don't want to live here anymore. Yes, I love my country. Don't get me wrong. I was born here. But let me be honest with you, I would be happy much so international. Just because I feel like I don't belong here. That a part of me just wants to escape. Go someplace different where you're not known. Now the place I want to go to is where my family grew up, Greece. That's their native land. That's their native homeland. But I asked my father, why do we leave to come here? Because back then they didn't have jobs and he couldn't support his family with, there wasn't much in terms of a job. There wasn't much of anything. So he had to go out there and he had to make a living. And he decided to come here to America to make that living. And he did, he did a phenomenal job because he worked two jobs to give us what we needed. If you ask me, what will make you happy? Do you want to have things in your lifetime? No. And they're like, wait a minute. Are you sure you're Aphrodite? Yes, I'm sure I'm Aphrodite. Aphrodite wants less. She wants less because she doesn't want to have all the things that everybody thinks she needs to have. I don't want to have all the material things. Everybody seems to think that that's more important than people, than life than the preservation of the planet. Think of all the things we're using. This planet is slowly gonna go because we're constantly using stuff. We're burning up too much energy. We're relying on appliances, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but back then, think about this. What appliances were there? Nobody had dishwashers and microwave ovens and ovens and everybody had to do things manually. Think about that. My mother, in the, in the time that she grew up, because now she's, we talked about this, 
while ago, like many years ago. She says, I'm so happy that I have a dishwasher and a microwave and another. They never had that growing up. They had to do everything manually. And that's hard to do sometimes. You get used to it, but you think, I can't live without all these modern conveniences. She's happy. And I said to her, and I asked my mother, I said, what, ha- what did you do for fun when you were young? She goes, well, we listened to the radio and we, we, we told each other stories and and I think at the time they had an, an animal, like a farm where they had animals, you know, chickens and, and cows and all that. But, I mean, what did you do for fun? You know, there wasn't television back then. And as far as calling someone, well, the telephone might have been invented, but they didn't have a telephone. So they would just go outside into the, into the fresh air and, and just be around people. My mother, I saw a picture of her with her girlfriends and they were kayaking, canoeing on a boat. That was their form of entertainment. And I was like, wow, that's pretty boring, if you ask me. I'd rather be going out doing something, you know. But at the same time, I think to myself, look at the decades. Look at every generation. Everything is different. Can you go back to a generation? Can you go back to a decade that really makes you, makes you that you wish you had grown up in? Everybody always says, oh, I want to be in the 60s. And I'm like, nah. I don't know what decade I want to be in. I mean, I was happy growing up. Or actually, well, I was a baby in the 70s. A little girl from the late 70s to early 80s. A preteen from the mid-80s to the late 80s, which I was a teenager. And then I got to be a young adult in the early 90s. And you ask yourself, wow. So now you, you go from baby to little girl to preteen to teenager to young adult to adult. And you think, wow, look how fast this world is. We're aging pretty quickly. But with all this new technology, is it needed? Technology-wise, I'm still kind of old school. I kind of like the, um, you know, meeting people for real in person instead of talking on the phone. I don't really like doing the video chatting once in a blue moon, maybe. I just think the real connection, the real human interaction takes place face-to-face. Same thing we were talking about, what's the difference between working from home and physically being in the office? Well, when you're physically in the office, you know what's going on, you're in the loop about things. But when you're at home, you're dis- you're kind of dis- dis- extended away from everybody. Now, you could work one day from home, which I do, which we all do, but I'll be honest with you. I like being in the office. Why? Because you get to see things as they're being done, as they're being played out. You know, you get to learn more about stuff. You're, you're getting that exposure. At home, what are you doing? Now, if you have a family, yeah, you have to think about your children. Me, I have a cat who acts like a little boy, you know. Sometimes he's quiet, sometimes he's not. I can get stuff done here, the stuff that I need to. But to be honest with you, sometimes it's better to be interacting with humans. Think about the pandemic and people, and still people don't want to go back to work. They want to stay at home. Why? Go out there. Interact. This is where you make real connections with people. You develop real supplier relationships, real relationships with people. That's what you do. But you ask yourself that question. You ask yourself, well, and I know that a lot of people don't want to go back for whatever reason. Are you afraid? There's nothing to be afraid of. You got to go out there and take a chance. See, for me, I can't work from I can't work from home five days a week. For I don't even have the proper setup. I don't have a, a, a home office. You know, you know where I work. I work in the kitchen. That's the only place I have. Now I have a printer. It's not hooked up. 
I have a scanner, it's not hooked up, and the printer is not even in the same area. It's upstairs on the, on the second floor. I don't really want to go up and down the steps, especially when it's hot, to get something off of the printer when I can easily have it around me. I'm trying to build like a little home office over here, just because, you know. But then I think to myself, well, why bother? You know, you have that one day where you work from home, and then the rest you come in. I don't have a problem with that. I'd rather be interacting with people. You know, being in an office setting is not so bad, but everybody seems to think, oh, well, everything that when we came out of this pandemic and, and people are afraid. What are you afraid of? That you're going to get sick? If you want to take your precautions, take it. You know, people are slowly coming out where they're not wearing masks. I can't wear a mask. You know why? Because it bothers me. I can't breathe when I have a mask on. Okay? For everybody else, they're taking precautions. I got in the supermarket last week. Some people were wearing masks, some people were not. It was like being back into a normal life again. Do you really want to live in that time again? I don't. I don't want to go through another pandemic. With all the stuff that's going on, all these medications and all that stuff, I'm still kind of leery about new medicines, though. You know, all the things that everyone says, oh, you got to go out and get a second booster. you got to do this to protect yourself because they found another strain. Let me tell you something. All the childhood diseases that were once eradicated have come back. I talked about this with my sister yesterday. Polio, measles, rubella, all, the, all those diseases that we were vaccinated or immunized against when we were children are now making a comeback. And I actually read a story about someone having polio. Polio is a crippling disease. That cripples you. And then you hear about all the other diseases out there, all the ones that have that new strains that came from somewhere. Another thing I want to reiterate, don't blame a, a group or a society or a country for a disease that came over here. Don't do that. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it originated from. And even if it did originate from another part of the world, don't go blaming people. There's no reason to do that. I've talked about that. Don't do that. Okay? It happens. That's it. I think... Everybody in this part of the world and everywhere else are prepared if, if something like that happens again, but I really don't think it will. Why? There's so much going on in terms of the vaccines that they're always coming out with and, and how people can, can better take care of themselves. You know, we've been living on this earth how many years? Look, we have the flu. You don't see people wearing masks, although if you go into China, they wear masks every day and they're smart. They're not breathing in chemicals and pollution. They're not doing anything like that. So anyway, getting back to who is Aphrodite, let's talk about her. See, if anybody ever made up a story about me and people are, are, are stupid enough to believe it, don't believe it. Because if you really want to find out about someone, ask them yourself. Ask the genuine original person such as myself and she'll tell you. I don't like stories made up about me. You know, people think that they know you. Even your closest family members think they know you. You really don't know a person until you really know them. You know, look at me. I have no friends. I'll admit it to you. Do I want friends? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather have more rapport international overseas than I do over here. Because I'm still not accepted in this. When everyone's going to say, what do you mean by acceptance? Well, let's put it this way. From the time that I can remember when I was a little girl, I got teased at because I was different and I stood out. And again, I am the black sheep of the family. And that's not a bad thing to be the black sheep. Everybody seems to think, oh, that's taboo. No, it's not taboo. 
you're able to have a different identity from your from your family members. You're not like everybody else. You're different. You're 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 unique. And even now, everyone's like, "Oh, Aphrodite, that's a beautiful name." And yeah, it is a beautiful name. But people don't, still don't know how to pronounce it. Still look at me funny when I have when I tell them my name, or even when they see it on on a document or a card. I don't get it. What is wrong with being different? I think I'd rather be different than being the same. And I think again from my last podcast about colors. Don't judge a book by its cover. In other words, everybody, every one of us has a color on our skin. That's our cover, right? And you're like, oh, wow, that's really good. What did you come up with that? Because when I'm talking in the moment, I jump around many different topics. And I can probably put that title in my head. Sometimes I get writer's block. I can't think of a title. But it'll just pop up out of nowhere. But if you want to know about me as a woman and all that I've gone through, all you need to do is ask me. Again, I don't mind if somebody invites me on their podcast show. We'll talk about everything and anything. And I actually want to talk about some taboo topics that people don't want to talk about because they figured, well, whatever it is, it'll go away. No. In order for us to tackle what's going on in this world, we have to face it head on. We can't just put it off to the side thinking, oh, it's not our problem. Every taboo topic that touches us, whether domestically or internationally, affects the whole world. And if you keep sweeping it under the rug, it will never, ever be talked about. Nothing will be done about it. Is that fair? No, it isn't. So I'm going to ask all of you, or as I'm going to tell all of you, you have every right as a human being, as an individual, to defend your honor, to do your character. My father says, speak up, use that voice, don't keep it silent, raise it really loud, even if you have to scream and shout and, hey, look at me, everybody. I've seen people draw attention to themselves, but they're doing it in a different way, not to get attention, you know, meaning not to, well, I feel like I have to do this in order to get someone to notice me. Just be yourself. First impressions matter. It's the second impressions that sometimes are the lousiest. But I'm going to let all of you go because I know uh, it's a little after, well, actually it's close to 12.30 and it's a hot day today over here on the East Coast. So all of you that are in the East Coast, East Coast keep yourselves cool. Don't go out and, you know, go walking and, and doing all those things. Don't be out in the heat if you don't have to. Just stay home, relax, reflect, listen to some music, watch some television, play some games, do something. Like me, <clears throat> I have my podcast, but I'm watching TV. I have my kitty cat that keeps me amused. I find... I find things to do, you know, because again, my phone does not ring at all except at work and I don't have anybody that I can physically talk with. My significant other, I know he's working and I don't want to bother him because he works, you know, and you think, wow, and and I know he always says to me I'm number one in his life, but I just don't want to bother people. That's just me. I'm too polite in that sense. But when it comes to work, getting answers, politeness, out. You have to really have that tough and you have to really know what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you want. So go out there and, and tell it like it is. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Again, you have every right to defend your character. If anybody ever decides that they want to hurt you in that way, let them. But you know what? You could stand up on your own two feet and you can go out there and tell people who you are. And you don't have to make any kind of an impression. Just show them your true self. True self lies within you. The beauty. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Think about that phrase. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. A lot of people take pot shots at people that are, quote, not attractive. We will talk about that too, though, because 
if you look at society and television, my sister actually brought this up. We were watching a soap opera, okay? I was watching a soap opera. She noticed, you ever notice in soap operas, the love scenes are always with the attractive people? What about the people that are average? Now, to me, I think people are beautiful. All shapes, all sizes, no matter who you are. But if you're going to just discriminate and think, well, we're just going to show attractive people getting romantic, well, that's like a slap in the face to the rest of us. Like, what? God forbid that might make controversy. Every time you turn on a television show and they have a topic they want to talk about, then the next day on the news, they're ready to pull that show off the air because it was too controversial. You have to tackle the topics that are based off in real life. Sometimes shows do take it to an extreme, and other times you think, well, they're teaching us a lesson to be kinder and nicer to people, to never attack, to never defame, de-shame, to never put down. But I have a lot of things I want to talk about in the next couple of episodes, and we'll really get into it. I might even tell you some things about me, the things that I used to collect when I was little, and I still have. The things that I have right now that mean something to me were people, material things, not so much. I, I'd rather live in a world that has less than more. And again, that will be controversial to some people. Some people will be like, get out of here. No, really. Less is more. There's too much clutter in this world. I will get into that in the next episode. So, I'm going to let all of you guys go. Have a great weekend. A blessed Sunday. Stay cool. Stay strong. Be true to yourselves. And again, if you, have, if you ever want to def- defend your character, your good honor, you have every right to do that. Speak up. We all have a voice. Let's... Let's let our voices be heard. Let's not shun our voices and keep silent. Let's not do that. So God bless all of you. Stay strong. Stay proud. Stay true to yourselves. Take care.